It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Any other questions, guys? Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 650 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, January the 29th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got the Locked On NHL channel going strong, Locked On NFL if you're a fan of either the Chiefs or the 49ers, or you just want to hear about the game and you're not a fan at all, you want to learn about betting and stuff like that, go listen to the Locked On Chiefs and Locked On 49ers podcasts ahead of the big game this weekend. Uh, as always, please subscribe, rate, and review to any of the shows that you want to support. It's very helpful. Puts us up in the rankings and all that good stuff, so thanks in advance for taking the small amount of time it requires to do that. All right, on today's show, it's just me. I'm grumpy. It's day two of my juice cleanse, and I'm uh, ready to punch a wall. Anytime I see food in a picture or an ad or something, I want to cry, but we power through. The Raptors are coming off a win. 130-114 over the very, 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 very bad Atlanta Hawks yesterday, and uh, it was a nice and sort of refreshing win. I don't know. Like, you don't learn much from beating the Hawks because the Hawks are terrible and have pretty much exclusively bad players outside of Trey Young and John Collins, who were both very good. But, you know, it was in a really tough week where everyone's kind of going through it a little bit. You know, regardless of your feelings of Kobe Bryant or whatnot, you know, obviously the NBA community is suffering big time this this week, and the players obviously are going through it quite a bit. We saw the emotion on Sunday against the Spurs, and it was nice to see some smiles yesterday in the Raptors and Hawks game, and obviously a lot of that was tied to Kyle Lowry, who uh, made history and became the all-time leader in assists in Raptors franchise history, passing Jose Calderon on the all-time list, and it was really cool to see that the Raptors very clearly knew what Kyle was doing, knew that the milestone was on the line, Kyle obviously knew it as well, and the entire fourth quarter, as the Raptors were nursing a big lead, was basically centered around trying to get Kyle that milestone, and it was awesome. It was really cool to see the smile he had on his face when he finally got that assist, the dancing from the bench, the response and the the dap up with Vince Carter during the timeout tribute, which came very, very late and like near the end of the game, which was super bizarre. But whatever, um, you know, that that was really nice to see seeing, you know, Kyle really seem appreciative of it after the game when he was in his postgame interview on the court with Kate Burness as well was really cool. Just a nice heartwarming game that, it, you know, after the week that it's been kind of reminded you of, you know, why basketball is such a great distraction and why the Raptors are so damn good at offering those distractions because they're a delight to watch. In this game, you know, as much as it wasn't close or tense at any point, it did offer a lot of fun. You had, you know, Kyle Lowry doing his thing. You had Pascal Siakam going for 24-9 and, you know, looking pretty devastating in a few situations where he was pulling off his patented spin moves and all that stuff. You had uh, a really nice defensive game, I thought, from OG Ananobi, who was credited with three blocks, but I'm pretty sure actually blocked four three-pointers in this game, which is pretty remarkable. 
You had Terrence Davis having a lovely game, too. That's always a nice little fun thing to happen off the bench. Uh, and Serge Ibaka was great, too. And, and so, you know, you those, all those nice performances. Again, not much to learn from this one. The Raptors are better than the Hawks, and that's about it. But it was really cool to see Kyle Lowry have that moment and the appreciation of the, of the crowd. And obviously, no home games until Sunday, a couple road games in between now and then. So it would have been a bit of a bummer for him to have to do it on the road and get that milestone. Although, I guess in Detroit tomorrow night, it would have been a home game anyway. So that would have been cool. But it's nice to see him do it at home. And it's just nice to have it reinforced just how damn good Kyle Lowry is and how important and, you know, how his legacy just matters so much to the Raptors. And I think, it, you know, there's never really been a question for the last couple of years. I know Kawhi maybe sort of threw a wrench into the conversation of who the best Raptor of all time is with his one season. But to me, Kyle has been the best Raptor of all time for a few years now. And to see him you know, get that big milestone. He's already, I think, all-time in terms of steals, the all-time leader. Points, he'll be a little ways off because DeMar was obviously so prolific, and I don't think Kyle will ever get to that stature of being the all-time scoring leader in Raptors history. But who knows? You know, it's not like it's that crazy, I suppose, if he sticks around into the twilight of his career and just compiles some more scoring totals and stuff like that. That's very much on the table. But it's just always nice when you get a reminder of just how great Kyle Lowry is and how wonderful his story is and how his arc is so unique in basketball history it's really really outside of like Chauncey Billups starting off and not really being a lauded talent early on getting traded moving around quite a bit it really is Kyle Lowry who has sort of had the most surprising and remarkable arc uh, of any player of the last 20 or so years just from where he began to where he is now it's it's really special stuff and I think it's uh, worth celebrating anytime you get the opportunity and last night was certainly that we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Um, and obviously today the sort of sports radio conversation has become, is Kyle Lowry a Hall of Famer? Which, I don't know why we have to get into sports radio conversations anytime, you know, someone does something or why Hall of Fame debates happen years and years before guys retire, but it's what happens with Kyle Lowry, I guess. He's constantly being debated and I guess we're bored because the Hawks didn't offer much in the way of intrigue. But I guess we can discuss it a little bit because it's what everyone's talking about. Um, yeah, I, I, the Hall of Fame thing is interesting, man. I... I, personally, I don't really care about Hall of Fames. Like, I feel like if you know, you know who was a great player. I don't know why we need to necessarily have this sort of pomp and circumstance around it. I don't think basketball is quite as odious a conversation as it is with baseball, for example, where people who vote on that shit are insanely precious and stupid and don't really even value the good things that have happened in the game and are sort of have an agenda every time they're you know forced to vote and so that that's one thing I, I just I don't care about Derek Jeter Hall of Fame votes I just can't be can't be bothered but with the NBA it's a little less sort of toxic to talk about I, I still don't care all that much I feel like you know most people kind of have their own personal halls of fame and I think that's kind of a better way to look at it anyway just sort of who are the people that affected you and the people that you liked the most growing up that that to me is a much better way to sort of classify who were the greats than any sort of official 
and not to sound like Bill Simmons or anything, but like official sort of museum where, you know, it's not exactly, you know, there, there's all these different elements. It's not an NBA Hall of Fame. It's a basketball Hall of Fame. There's European competition you have to take into account. I don't know. I, I don't really care all that much about the Hall of Fame, but people do. And so we'll talk about Kyle Lowry a little bit. I think his case is pretty good. Look, I, I was listening to some sports radio yesterday, and there was a conversation. I think it was on Overdrive on TSN, on TSN 1050 where they were talking about how the Hall of Fame, I think they were talking about it in relation to hockey, but it stands across all sports. Like, I understand the argument that maybe the Hall of Fame should just be for no-doubt cases, and if you have to debate whether someone's a Hall of Famer or not, that inherently means they're not a Hall of Famer, and, and I get that. And under that scrutiny, Kyle's not a Hall of Famer. You know, he's someone you have to debate and sort of throw the... The accolades and the title and the number of all-star campaigns and all that stuff, and that is all sort of into the argument, pro or against, whereas someone like Tim Duncan, who's going in this year, that's obviously not even a question. Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer, and maybe that should just be it. Is it obvious or is it not? And if it's not obvious, then it's not a Hall of Famer, and I'm sorry, and I would understand that totally, but the way the Basketball Hall of Fame is put together, it allows for a lot more debate and a lot more sort of borderline fringy cases to be allowed in. And so I think considering the circumstances and the way that the Basketball Hall of Fame is currently set up, yeah, Kyle's a Hall of Famer, man. I'm looking right now at the Basketball Reference uh, Hall of Fame probability. Currently right now, Kyle is 101st all-time with a 68.34% chance of making the Hall of Fame. That is, you know, pretty pretty impressive he's 101 all time in the nba that's amazing some of the guys he's ahead of wes unseld uh artist gilmore nate thurmond like those are names from the past reggie miller he's ahead of in terms of you know whatever basketball reference uses as this formula there's you know you go even further down you've got like frank ramsey joel folks the guy who invented the jump shot is also in there and way way below in terms of numbers and stuff like that look it's you know, everyone will have their cases for and against. And I think Michael Grange spoke to Vince Carter yesterday and talked about Kyle's candidacy. And Vince said, basically, the name itself sounds maybe not like a Hall of Famer. When you think of Kyle Lowry, you don't think of one of the greats. And that kind of goes to the whole, is it obvious or not conversation. But the resume is kind of unimpeachable. If you, if you, can, if you look at the title, you look at the All-Stars, you look at... Um, I would assume if he gets another All-NBA or something like that, maybe an All-Defense here this season, considering how good he's been and how good the Raptors have been. There's probably only one or two spots in the two All-Defense teams that Raptors are going to be able to carve out, if that. But maybe Kyle gets in there. He's always sort of on the fringes there. He probably should have more All-NBAs than he does, considering, I think, DeMar a couple times ended up getting All-NBA honors that maybe should have gone to Kyle. But, you know, people, again, like the scoring. They like the obvious box score statistics and that's not what Kyle offers and I think whoever whatever the body is that decides who gets in the Hall of Fame I don't even know who that is but if they sort of look at the raw numbers I don't think Kyle Lowry will get in I think his numbers aren't like terribly eye-popping or anything like that but his, his best seasons were fantastic he had some incredible incredible seasons during his peak with the Raptors and is still continuing to do so now his Advanced metrics, if people are more analytically minded who are you know putting people in the Hall of Fame, then obviously those are going to favor Kyle quite a bit because they've painted him as like a top 10 player of the last decade. So I think based on what Vince Carter said and based on sort of what I think, it's, yeah, his name doesn't scream he's a Hall of Famer for sure, but 
But everything about his resume says that this guy should be in the Hall of Fame if you compare it to the people who are already in there. And in a lot of cases, he's a lot better. You know, Sidney Moncrief is in. He's, like, way down on this list of Hall of Fame probabilities. And, yeah, like, the numbers across the board aren't terribly intriguing. It's, like, 15 points, 6 assists, 4 boards for his career, but you have to bake in that the first four or five years of his career, he was kind of on no man's land and, you know, going back and forth between starting and coming off the bench. And maybe that has to be all tied into his Hall of Fame case. Maybe those early seasons are going to hurt him down the line. But the numbers he's put up since he joined the Raptors and, like, the peak he's been at now has been so long that I think you kind of have to just accept that, yeah, like, the, the numbers he's put up, the success he's had... The fact that I don't think you can really tell the story of the tens in the NBA without Kyle Lowry. Like, obviously, he's not one of the primary figures. He's not LeBron. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not the Warriors. He's not Kawhi. But he's pretty damn close on that second tier of guys that the entire decade kind of revolved around. He was constantly up against LeBron in the playoffs. He was in the playoffs every year. He got all NBAs. He was one of the most compelling arcs in terms of as we talked about off the top one of the most compelling arcs of any player and if you have any sort of romanticism with the story of a player then obviously he belongs in the hall of fame as well and so i think he'll get in I, again i don't really care and i think honoring him in toronto is going to be much more of a emotional and sort of meaningful moment at least for me like to see him get his number retired and stuff like that which is absolutely going to happen at this point That'll resonate more with me than any sort of Hall of Fame thing. But at the same time, I, I think considering the resume, considering that he's still not done, he's got this year, he's got next year, maybe he latches on to a team down the line or with the Raptors or something down the line as sort of a bench point guard and wins another title. Who knows? There's still a lot of time left for Kyle Lowry. I don't think he's stepping away from the game anytime soon because he seems too damn competitive to do so. I think he'll get in. And that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> it's, it's really damn awesome. I know there have been... Raptors who have gotten in, whether it's Tracy McGrady or uh, I'm sure Chris Bosh is going to get in soon if he's not already in. I don't even know if he's in or not. Um, and you've got Hakeem Olajuwon, obviously, <laughs> and, and Vince Carter will get in one day. But it really does feel like Kyle Lowry is going to go down as the very first true Toronto Raptor to get in. You know, whether Vince goes in as a Raptor or not, I'm not sure. I don't even know if they do the thing where they go in as a certain team or put wear the certain hat going in. That seems like a very precious baseball thing more than anything else. But um, it does feel, considering the way things ended with Vince, that maybe Kyle has actually sort of supplanted him as the Raptor and the Raptor who is going to first get in the Hall of Fame as like a true purebred 100% Toronto Raptor, which is really goddamn cool. For a guy who, uh, as someone pointed out to me last night, wanted the hell out when he was here in his first season. And so, appreciate Kyle Lowry, man. He rules. And that's been 15 minutes of Kyle Lowry appreciation. That's usually a little more than what I allow for, because uh, I run away with it sometimes. But I, uh, I was just really happy to see that last night, considering everything that's gone on this week. It was really, really heartwarming and nice and pleasant to see the guys smiling and the bench being so excited for him. That's the other thing, too, that stands out, right? It's just like, what a teammate. People love that dude. As much as he has a reputation as a bit of an ordinary bastard, he is clearly beloved by his teammates. He clearly, you know, shares the love back. You know, the way he talks about his teammates is always really heartwarming and nice on social and stuff like that. Uh, Kyle Lowry over everything, man. I don't know what else to say. He He's the best. And I'm really, really glad that he was able to, too have that moment last night in front of the Raptors fans and with Vince Carter in the house he said he wanted to do it while Vince was there joked that he was coming for his points afterwards um, all very cool and nice and lovely stuff in a week that needs some cool and nice and lovely stuff 
This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, let's continue on talking about last night's game a little bit. The sort of, I guess the main things that came out of it are the injuries to Marcus Gasol and OG Ananobi. Gasol left, I believe, in the third quarter with a hamstring issue, same hamstring that he missed 12 games with, and uh, hopefully that's not something prolonged because, damn, they've been awesome since he came back. 8-0 since Gasol returned to the lineup. The offense has been fantastic. There is, you know, there, there's not a whole lot that the Raptors can't do when Marcus Gasol is in the lineup. He helps the defense be more versatile and mobile and, you know, multiple and and all that good stuff. He has helped the offense become monstrous since he returned. They are number two in the league in offense right now over the last eight games. And yeah, you got to bake in the, the crappy schedule they've played, but they've got a 118.2 offensive rating and a plus 11.2 net rating over the last eight games. That net rating is third in the league behind the Bucks and the Jazz. The defense has fallen off a little bit, but still number four in the league over that time because everybody's scoring a bazillion points lately, apparently. And so it's just he makes it, it all go. He is the straw. As much as Kyle stirs the drink from the point guard spot, Gasol does the exact same thing at center. Also, happy birthday, Mark Gasol. He's 35 today, which is crazy and awesome. And uh, give him money for next year because he rules. Um, so hopefully that's not too long. The Raptors did not offer any sort of updates on the injury situation as of today. Uh, they didn't practice this morning. And I would assume we'll hear something at shoot-around tomorrow or something like that before the Detroit game. If they have shoot-around, they seem to not do that a lot as well. And we'll find out, I'm sure, but it sounds as though it's not something overly serious. Nick Nurse didn't seem too, too concerned after the game last night about him or OG Ananobi, who left in the fourth quarter, when maybe he should have been out of the game. I don't know. I don't get bogged down in the should they have been playing or not when they got injured. Injuries can happen anytime. It's unfortunate. Um, he was holding his shoulder after trying to defend an inbound play. I'm not really sure what the impetus for the injury was. It seemed like he just kind of pulled something strangely. Um, it wasn't like there was a Norm Powell situation where it was a you know, hard screen that he ran to, ran into and, and messed up his shoulder. So that's encouraging, I guess. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. But it, again, didn't seem like there was too much concern coming out of the locker room last night, which is good for now, I guess. And we'll update that tomorrow morning if we get some news on how Gasol and OG are doing. If they don't play in the next few games, that's probably fine. They're playing the Pistons, who, yeah, you could use Gasol against for sure, but I think they can make do with what they have in Chris Boucher, who was pretty fun last night, even though he was in extreme chuck-it mode. <laughs> um, Matt oh, Matt Devlin made the very good comment of, uh, and Chris will touch it and shoot it. Th that was great. I love that. And that is very much the Chris Boucher ethos. Every time you touch the ball, take a shot. Um, 
So I think they can get by with Ibaka and Boucher against the Pistons, the Cavs, and the Bulls the next three games. And you know, I guess they're kind of important games, I suppose, if you care about things like who coaches the All-Star game. Because with the win last night and the Miami Heat loss to the Boston Celtics in a very, very ugly basketball game, it means that the Raptors only have to go 2-1 and one now to have Nick Nurse coach the All-Star game, which is awesome. Very cool. Good for tampering purposes because he'll be coaching Team Giannis. So that's excellent. And I, uh, I that'd be really cool for Nick Nurse to sum up this like wonderful year for him. And he might be at the lead of the Coach of the Year talk right now as well. I think Nate McMillan should be in there, as he always should be. And there's a couple other guys too. But the way Nick Nurse has you know, managed this roster through injuries to a 33-14 record, second in the East right now, and potentially second in the East by the time the coach has decided, it's pretty ridiculous. And I think it would be cool for the championship-winning coach to get a chance to coach the All-Star game. That would be great. Um, and I'm sure Mike Budenholzer will be very, very mad to watch Nick Nurse tamper with Giannis and uh, and have Giannis on his team and perhaps use him correctly and maybe play him more than... Th- that would be the best, actually. Nick Nurse playing Giannis 39 minutes in the All-Star game, just to make a point that you can actually do that. Giannis can play a lot of minutes, Mike Budenholzer. Um, but yeah, th- th- that'd be really cool. Hopefully they can get it done. 2-1 and one against these three teams seems pretty doable to me. Um, and I think... I guess you have to hope that they're not looking too far ahead to those Pacers games next week on Wednesday and Friday, which are going to be the last really challenging games and the only really challenging games over this stretch here before the All-Star break. Uh, And the trade deadline is like sandwiched in between those two games too. So maybe there's some lack of focus, although I don't think many of the Raptors need to worry about getting dealt right now. Um, Interesting stuff on the horizon. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get through this sort of expanse of very shitty teams. As much as it's nice to see the Raptors rack up all these wins, I would like to see them play someone good and get like some reps in against a team that actually matters <laughs> instead of the Hawks, who, my God, like they're just miserable. And I don't know if there's a team this season that the Raptors broadcast has been more universally critical of, whether it's Jack Armstrong or Leah Routens with Matt Devlin. Both just seem to hate the Hawks and hate everything they do. Don't understand Lloyd Pierce. Don't understand why they only press for like one possession at a time when it actually is pretty useful and they should be doing everything they can to try to milk extra possessions because they're the Hawks. And, and man, they're just awful. They have no good players, uh, except for Trey Young, who is also horrendous at defense. Um, so yeah, that's about all I got. I think the injuries, we don't have much word on. Kyle Lowry was the main story last night. That was very cool. I look forward to Vince Carter's last game in Toronto. And actually, this is where I'll leave off. I think last night was really nice. I know there are some people out there who still have their gripes with Vince Carter. And maybe this is putting way too much importance or heft onto what has gone on this week. But it really felt like yesterday there was actual appreciation for Vince Carter and like universal applause for him in a way that hasn't really happened before. Usually there's a smattering of boos whenever he gets his tribute videos and whatnot. I wonder if what happened this week with Kobe is going to change the way people view players and change the way that people appreciate great players. I I wonder if, and maybe this is just something that was subconscious for people, seeing Vince Carter back in Toronto for the second to last time, presumably. he the, the Hawks play, I think, in like the third to last game of the season here in Toronto. That should be a lot of fun with Vince hopefully still being on the team then. I don't see why he wouldn't be. He loves playing on the shitty Hawks, apparently, because he gets to play a lot. Um, But with the way it it just, I don't know. I I think maybe we're going to see a bit of a change here where it's not so much vitriol for players, you know? And it's not to say Kobe had a lot of vitriol from, like, fans because he would come to any city and people would adore him. Um, Obviously, 
there are still people who, and myself included, who were not huge Kobe fans at any point, really. And, you know, my issues with Kobe are more off the court than on the court, to be honest, although he was a very good heel and very easy to hate on the court. But I wonder if Vince Carter, if everything that happened this week, the things that have happened with him in the past and the people who are still holding on to the grudge of what happened with Vince Carter when he left the Raptors in such a disastrous and ugly and messy fashion, I wonder if maybe... And I, I would hope that what happened this week will help people kind of see the light a little bit and realize it's, there's something bigger here and appreciating the greats when they're there and, and when they're active and when they're playing is a little more important than the sort of petty grievances for something that happened 15 years ago for a team that has since won a title and has since had its golden age. And, you know, it's obviously a, a butterfly effect thing and it was seven or eight years between the Vince trade and the Raptors actually getting good, but you know, it's all part of the road, right? And I wonder if maybe, not just the the Kobe thing, but just winning the championship, if maybe that has sort of softened people to Vince. And I hope it has, because Vince is obviously very important to what the Raptors are today, man, and they might not exist without him. So I would hope that if you still have your lingering, you know, feelings about Vince, and hey, I'm not here to tell you how to be a fan, and if you want to remain angry with Vince Carter for what happened, then sure, go ahead by all means. But I, I would hope that maybe the events of this week would kind of change people's perspective on things a little bit because it, there's a lot more a lot of things that matter more than a messy divorce between a player and a sports team and with so many years now in the rear view and sort of evolution of Vince that we've gotten to see and the way he seems to embrace Toronto now and the way he seems to really embrace the players on the Raptors he was so playful last night with OG when he hit a three in his eye he was really sort of chummy with with Kyle Lowry and they're clearly very good friends I I, I think we're finally at the point where the bygones can actually be bygones with Vince. And I would hope that people just appreciate him because you never know, man. Like I'm not saying that, you know, you have to live your life expecting a helicopter crash to happen and take people you, you love away from you. But that's not like a healthy way to live at all. I don't think, but I I hope that maybe the appreciation for a guy like Vince will kind of be ramped up here. And that's kind of all I have to say on that. I think that's about, gonna do it thank you so much for tuning in today's show thanks if uh i feel like my voice has been weird today i don't have any food in me and i feel like i'm raspy and sickly sounding so i apologize if my voice is shrill but thanks for listening very much if you would like to support the show please subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcast it's so so appreciated when you leave a rating and review um and i know we've kind of stagnated a little bit on that if you want to leave a nice review i will be very very happy if you do that um and that's about gonna do it we'll, we'll talk to you again on thursday katie heindel's gonna jump on the show we're gonna talk about uh, a whole manner of things i'm sure and it'll be a lot of fun so so until then have a good one and we will talk to you thursday with another episode of locked on raptors Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.